What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning into what we're going to call episode 169B because there's still no sports and there's no baseball in sight. I am joined not by Christian or Stack Guy Rye because we're all quarantining, I guess you can call it, but uh, I'm with Bronx Pinstripes host Andrew Rotondi. What's up, man? Chris, what's going on? Yeah, quarantine. Uh, I'm used to recording over Skype, so this <laughs> this quarantine works out well for it's me. It's perfect. Yeah. You've, been, you've been practicing for years. You guys are yeah. like the OG uh, Yankee podcast. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, pretty much, it, right? It, I mean, pretty you, much. Yeah. When did you guys start? Six years March, ago? March 2015 was our first episode. So, and and at that time, like we got in right before podcasts exploded, and like everyone has a podcast. It's like crazy. My grandma, my grandma has a podcast now, so it's just like everyone's got got something going. But um. At the time when we launched, it was only like Mark Feinstein was uh-huh. doing like something for the Daily News, which he stopped and that, and it still he shows stopped up. doing it in like 2016. And I think um, Sweeney had something for WFAN, yeah. which he still does. Murdy but it's for only 30 like or something, but it's only like monthly, or I don't even know when he releases. Um, but those were like the only things, other than like ESPN, yeah, um, and all that kind of stuff. Like Bill Simmons has had a podcast since like 2007 <laughs> or something. So 2015 doesn't sound too impressive when you realize like he's been going for for 15 years. I didn't even know what a podcast was in 2015. I don't even think I really <laughs> knew what one was until we started. Well, I guess 2017, but. I want to say 17, 17, 18 is when everyone was like, oh, okay, I know what podcasts are. I like them and it's very easy to start and you don't need, you don't need experience. You don't like, we were just talking about equipment before we, we pressed record. Like you you can get even a okay mic for 30 bucks off Amazon you if really you really can. want to just start. So, which we um, did and we regretted. Yeah, that's what we did too. And then we quickly realized like, oh, it's a $30 mic for right. a reason. But if you're a college kid or something like that and you want to just get started, just go for it and yeah. just do it. And you know what? You As you keep going, you start to realize that that shit doesn't really work and you you expand upon it and you get to, I, I guess every single day there's new stuff we were saying. So, I mean, there's always stuff out there to keep getting better. So you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I, I mean the equipment there's so many different good pieces of equipment for hundreds of dollars, but like if you really want to have it sound good, um like a couple hundred dollars of total equipment, mixer, like whatever program you want to use and you can make a podcast sound good. Like Scott and I have recorded 95% of our episodes in different locations and for the most part they sound pretty good. Obviously they do. we have No, tech- they do tech issues every now and again when skype is acting like a pain in the ass or whatever like that but for the most part we we make it work and and people people have asked me like i get dms like hey man what's your advice for starting a podcast i'm like do it and stick with it yeah because so many people will start a podcast and like episode three they're like well i don't know what to talk about so i'm just gonna skip this week and And then once you skip yeah like i don't know like i'm sure you guys you guys have been going like you said 2017 2017 yeah have you missed a week since 2017? It, it had to be like crazy, unforeseen circumstances. But when we, if we ever did, we put out just like this week, we knew we couldn't get together. I was actually with someone who, who was exposed, who actually tested positive for the virus. Oh, so once that happened, we were like, you know what? It's not worth it. Christian uh, did a show from his house the other day. I'm doing this now. Um, it's just not worth it at that point. But this is really like 
we'll, we'll throw in a couple bonus episodes if that happens. Once the season starts, we're really two, three shows a week. Yeah. Um, off season. I mean, for anyone who does a podcast or a sports podcast or, you know, was thinking about it, the worst thing ever is the off season. Like you could have fun with it, but the fact that now it's delayed as a fan sucks, but as a podcast host is 10 times, 10 times worse. Cause you just want to get to real content. And here we are. <clears throat> so it, it just think about how bad it is for teams though, that don't have hopes of at least being in oh the playoffs. Like bare minimum, we know the Yankees are going to be in the playoffs this year. Obviously world series is the goal, but imagine if you're like a Baltimore Orioles no. podcaster, like what the hell do you what talk you about? Talking? In the You're talking about the Yankees probably. I uh, I did a podcast. Uh, we we just like do ALE's preview of other teams, and I talked to a guy from an Orioles pod, locked on podcast. He has to do a daily a daily show. Oh my god! On the freaking Baltimore Orioles. So like, no. man, how does that work? I couldn't even do two twenty minutes of Baltimore Orioles content at this point. Uh, Glaber Torres hit another home run. <laughs> another there. home oh, run. There's in, my Baltimore yeah. Orioles talk, but. Um, yeah, I mean the off season like that's good for for Yankees. It's fun because you know you're building to something, and that's right. why that's why the off season, at least for the Yankees, are fun because you watch them make moves, you agree, disagree with things, you know, you yell about a, a, something Cashman did or didn't do, realize you have no power over it, and you move on to the next week. Right. Go from there. Well, speaking of the delay in the season, which there's really I don't even know if we have an end in sight. They give us dates. With every, I feel like every single day this thing is getting taken to a different level where things are being more and more delayed. Pretty sure my kids aren't going to be going back to school uh, this year, and they only it's thought crazy. it was going to be till the end of the month. So, what's the timeline right now? They're saying uh, July. Well, it's 1st. eight weeks. Well, eight weeks. The CDC for no gatherings of over fifty people is. I know in New York, uh, other states have different rules, but that takes us to May 10th. There's no chance in hell they're starting on May 10th no. because once you shut once you shut it down like they have and all sports have, you can't open the doors again until this thing is gone. Right. You can't take the risk of, bring, of starting the season June 1 and then it spreads again and then what? So right. like, and these guys are I don't want to go too far down like the coronavirus rabbit hole, but there's like experts and doctors who have said – it needs to be a hundred percent gone or else it's going to come back and get worse. Right. So and if you're baseball, like you're, you're like, we all love baseball to us. It's important, but it's not important in the grand scheme right. of things. Right. And you know what? These guys are going to have, some, have to have some type of preparation before they just go back into it. I know spring training got underway and then was delayed, but I can't imagine them just, going right back into the swing. I think no. maybe, maybe June 1st, they're cleared to start kind of getting back on the field together and, and whatever. But I'm thinking July yeah. minimum at this point. Yeah. I could see maybe June, they start playing like maybe June 1st spring training part two happens. Right. And that happens for a couple of weeks. Guys play exhibition games. Right. And then maybe they start the season in spring training on on each other, you know, at each other's facilities with no fans right. and they're just televised. And then maybe June 1st, maybe mid-June, late June is when we get real games back um, uh, back with fans in them. It's crazy. 
But yeah, we're looking at midsummer. We're looking at like a half a season worth of games, like eighty to a hundred games. I know they're saying they want to get one hundred sixty-two in, but no, like, no, it's not going to happen. And that's part of what I want to talk to you about too, because I think it's kind of interesting. People are so involved in the you know coronavirus updates right now, and not really, and they're just kind of anxious for the season to start, but not really thinking about what's going to play out here. Let's take the whole virus thing out of it for a second. There are benefits to the Yankees not starting until mid-June, early July. As As a fan, not as a podcast host, as a fan, would you say if someone came up to you and said, you know what, you have all these injuries right now. But I'll give you I'll give you until June fifteenth. You're gonna miss sixty two games, and you're gonna have to wait until j- mid June, July to to watch baseball again. But you pretty much will have a, a healthy team minus Severino and Hicks. Would you do it? Of course, but something you you obviously don't know about me. Uh, even if the even if the, that didn't exist, I want the season to be shorter anyway. I think one hundred sixty two really? games is just too many games. Like See, we know. We, it's like baseball, you get so many games in the middle of the summer, especially now with these dog shit teams like the Orioles. Like, this game does not matter. Right. It just, it just doesn't matter. Right. So you could cut 10% of the season, I think. And if you want to repurpose those games for another round of playoffs, I'd be for that because those are exciting games. Game, game 112 against the Orioles in July is just not that exciting. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't disagree with you. I'm just here's, – here's something about me. I don't watch any other sports. Like I'm so involved with the well, Yankees, I can't even do anything else. Watch any other team. I do just to watch, but it's not the way I am when the Yankees come on. So for me, when the season starts, I want every second of every game. Listen, I'm gonna. If there was a thousand games a season, I would watch a thousand games a season because that's just who I am, and I love the sport. But I think this. I'm I'm a Yankees fan, but I'm I'm also a baseball fan. And I, I see like they're competing with other sports. And I was talking about uh, this past week that the NBA might shift their season to the to the summer because of this whole thing. If the NBA playoffs are going on in July and August, Major League Baseball is going to get absolutely trounced in ratings. Yeah, that's what my brother was actually saying. He's so, like, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. They're going to crush him. Yeah, I'm not going to watch the NBA playoffs now, but everyone else is going to watch. Now you're playoffs. right. And so baseball, I think, could do things to make the regular season more exciting, especially if they're going to have to have competition. Um, so, so, I mean, that's like a whole other conversation. I don't know if you want to go down there. Like I have ideas on how I would run baseball if I was the commissioner. But yeah, of course, this helps the Yankees. Like Aaron Judge was not going to be ready for opening. Now, if it's June or July, he should be ready. John Carlos Stanton was not going to be ready for opening day. He'll be ready. Gary Sanchez was probably not going to be ready not. for opening day. It was day. just a sore back, and then with each day, well, we then know it how turned that into goes. the flu. A sore back turned into the flu at that point. Right. We know how we know how those not a big deal injuries right. go with the Yankees. Like the, he'll need surgery in two weeks. Absolutely. So if the season starts in June or July, you only miss a couple weeks of Paxton. That's a plus. You um you get maybe Hicks can come back for for half of a you know instead of half a season you get three quarters of a season out of Hicks. Um, who are the other who are the other injuries we're waiting on coming it's, back? It's really I mean Sevy's obviously not coming back until next. Yeah, it doesn't year matter. If we're for lucky him. Uh, Hicks really you you were looking at August September 
Um, probably coming. I just have no faith in Aaron Hicks coming back because I think we're all a little spoiled the way Didi came back with that injury. Um, he was also bad. Yeah, he was. He came back. Bad. He came back and he was bad. He was so pretty like, bad. Um, I don't want Hicks to come back and then be bad. No. Like I'd rather just not have Hicks. We we have enough talent for Hicks not to rush back. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, really, the core guys when we're talking uh, position players, you got Judge, Sanchez, and Stanton, and Paxton. Really, um, right? And that's th- those are huge pieces. You get Judge and Stanton back in the lineup for whenever opening day actually is. Sure. And then maybe you only miss four starts from Paxton. That's huge. Who do you think would be the out of all of this? If you know when this plays out, if everyone comes back healthy, who's the biggest impact? Um, out of all those guys that will be healthy, who's who's the biggest benefit to you at that point? I think it's Judge because he was going to try and push it and come back. Like you yeah. could already tell yeah. what he was ta- saying in the media. He was like, oh, I was aggressively pushing it in the weight room. And I read that quote and I immediately was like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> calm down. Like, just let the rib heal. And now he can just sit on his couch and let the rib heal. Like he has nothing to do right. for two, two and a half, three right. months. And I think judge is their best all around player. Um, I think he's their most important player, meaning when he's on the field, they're just an overall better team. It's true. Just from, from everything, leadership, batting second, he's their best, def- he's the, their best defensive right fielder. Like every, he just does everything well. So I think judge is the biggest impact. Um, and we saw like the, t- we've seen the team, not perform as well as it could when he's been out in 2018 and 2019. And then like, even if he comes back and he's not the, the MVP caliber player judge, like it's still a different feeling when he's on the field. Yeah. And you know what? I, I 100% agreed with you until I think Sevy went down and I really thought about it. And I was like, you know what? For me right now, I need Paxton back. I need Paxton back and I need him healthy because but, having Jay Happ as an, but I think I know what you're going to say, and, and it's kind of what I'm fighting myself about. It's still the regular season, and, and in the regular season, they'll be fine with having Garrett Cole at the top of the rotation. I'd rather have the position players in, intact, I guess, when you think of it that way. But I guess I'm just scared of thinking about Jay Happ being our number three. For a playoff series, Jay Happ starting right. a playoff game scares the shit out of right. you, and it should scare it should, the shit out of you. It should be better. But Jay Happ starting against the Orioles or the Royals or whoever, he's going to give up four runs in five innings, and the Yankees can still win that game. Right. No problem. But you're not going to just easily win that game if it's game three of the ALCS. <laughs> like, right. So, so I, I, I get it. Like Rotation, that even though the Yankees... <laughs> I've argued with people at nauseum about why did they lose the ALCS last year? Let's take the the cheating out of it and just say like why did they lose? Yeah, they didn't hit with runners in scoring position, but they also had Chad Green starting an elimination game. Right. So like, uh, Chad Green, a guy who a guy who threw a lot of innings throughout the season and right. you know a lot of innings in that series. Like he had faced I think he had faced um to the Point Guriel hit that home run. I think he had faced him already three times in the series. Like that's an adv- decided advantage to the to the hitter. Sure. So it's not ideal to have Chad Green starting an elimination game six. I rather have James Paxton starting that game or in Tanaka, whoever it would be 
in the scenario where you have a healthier rotation, a better rotation going forward. Sure. And for me, you know, I've been thinking, I'm trying to trying to think baseball as much as I possibly can. It hasn't fully hit me yet. I think if the season started and then all of this happened, I'd be dying right now. But because hmm. it didn't, I don't think it's really hitting me that we're not going to see baseball for a while. But someone posted it on Twitter. I forget who. I think his name was Kenny on my Twitter. How does this affect guys like Montgomery now? Because these are guys yeah. who had something to prove in spring training. And now, I mean, and not just prove, but really gain the strength back to become that starter that the team needs. I, don't, I mean, I, I would think it would help Montgomery, right? Because he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, so more rest the better. He looked good in spring. He was throwing 94 miles an hour. He's like, I haven't thrown 94 miles an hour since <laughs> yeah, college. Right. So, like, I guess whatever sort of extra ex- extra bionicness they put in his arm <laughs> is, is working out. But uh, it, it really sucks for guys who are trying to make the team. Yeah. Like, Clint Frazier screwed out of another roster spot. I was thinking that too, man. <laughs> Guy can't catch uh, a break. Like um, um, pitchers who are maybe in the conversation, like Michael King or um, Johnny Johnny Lasagna, who maybe we're going to get a handful of starts in April and May. If Pax, if the season starts in July and Paxton's ready to pitch, like that's they're yeah. not going to get a chance. Sure, you're right. They might be in the bullpen, or they just might be in Scranton. And th- these so are think things that you don't really think about. I mean, until you really dive into it. But you're right. Yeah. I think it's I think anyone who is already going to make the major league roster you it's hard to argue it hurts them yeah. because it's just more rest. Like it sucks we don't get to watch them, but they should be fresher when the season starts. So that's good. It was guys who were fighting for a roster spot who had something to prove who now have to sit on their hands while other players ahead of them get healthy. Sure. And you know you have guys like Sanchez who are obviously going to be in this lineup when healthy, but he was working on new catching techniques too. Those are things that I'm sure once the back's feeling better, hopefully it's feeling better. He's feeling better. He's still working on, but you want to see some of that in a live game too, as, as, as someone looking in as a coach and also as a player yourself, you want to be confident, but this could kind of, he be, can still do that stuff. He right? could he yeah. go out in his no, backyard yeah. and just block a thousand just balls, throw a couple balls at his, yeah. at the ground and whatever. But, Here's my question to you. It might be stupid because now I know that you're in favor of a shorter season. The Yankees haven't won since 2009. Uh, if they come out and win in 2020 in a shortened season, does it in in any way to you feel discredited in any little way that it wasn't a full season? Hell no. Okay, good. Well, like, come on. No, everyone's playing by the same rules. Yeah, no, you're right. It's just the Yankees are notorious for... Who's Not, the last team? Who's the last team? To, who won? Who's the last team to win in a shortened season? I honestly could. The only shortened season I. No one. Is it no one? No, it's the Braves in 1995, but no one thinks less of that championship. Why was it a shortened season in 95? They were, they were finishing still the strike. Stri- oh, they wow, were finishing the 94 that. strike. I think they played like 140 games in 95. So there you go. I mean, Do you I, want to, I was reading about, about the 1981 season today. Do you know uh, about this season? No. When you say it, it I might know it, but. It, what a cluster this thing was. So they had a work stoppage in the middle of the season. So mm-hmm. like you were saying, baseball started 
and then they lost games. I think the work stoppage was mid-June to end of July. So they had already played, whatever, 70 games. Then they had a work stoppage, and then they came back and played like another 60 games. Was there an all-star and game that year, do you know? There was. They delayed the all-star game. But what the geniuses in Major League Baseball decided is we're going to figure out the playoffs by taking the winner of the, quote, first half of the season. They automatically oh get in the playoffs. And then the winner of the second half of the season gets in the playoffs. So the Yankees had the best record in their division in the first half of the season. They knew they were in the playoffs before the second half of the season started. They friggin' tanked. They had a below 500 record oh in the second God. half of the season. And then they made the playoffs, end up going to the World Series. But a team like the Cincinnati Reds didn't make the playoffs at all, but they had the best combined overall record. Wow. So it was just a complete cluster. Do you know what's funny? In 81, I believe, you know, everyone says the Yankees have made the World Series won a pennant in every single decade. In the 80s, 81 was the only year they won a pennant yeah. and they didn't win the World Series. So I didn't know that. Yeah, That's the only reason wild. they got in the playoffs is because they had a really good first half. And like maybe if the season doesn't have a work stoppage, they continue right. and play well the whole season. Like I can imagine being a player knowing you're going to the playoffs and it's only and just kind of, August right. first. Like you're on you're on cruise control. And right. they played like it apparently. I wasn't alive, so I don't know. That's pretty crazy. I I mean, just to me, the only reason why the thought came to my head was the Yankees are notorious for overusing these the re, the relief pitchers just because the starting pitching doesn't always go, you know, deep into games and they'd be a little more refreshed with less games played, but to me, I don't care. Once October starts, it's just a completely different season in itself anyway. This team's going to win the division. They sh they better win the division. Uh, the Rays well, the are really... Well, the interesting thing is, if it's only like an 82-game season or something, winning the division becomes harder. It's true. It's true, because especially for the, the Rays, Yankees, who yeah, the are Rays notoriously and the Red Sox, slow. Yeah, the Rays and the Red Sox could keep pace with the Yankees, I think, for 80 games. They definitely could, especially the Rays. I yeah. mean, they got the they got the talent there. They really do. They got they got good pitching. They're young, and I, I mean, I think a short season helps the Red Sox because they're they have injuries. They're top heavy. They're not a deep team. But like, say their lineup gets hot for two months and they score a thousand runs, like they're gonna they're gonna be tough. Sure. So I think 162 game season, the Yankees end up winning over 100 games and they win the division by a handful of games because they're a much better, much more complete team than those other teams. But anything can happen in 82 games. And I'm a proponent of shortening the season. I'm not saying shorten it to 80 games. I think if you shorten it to like 140 to 150, you're going to know who the good teams are. Yeah, and you're not and even you going to feel it at that point. You basically trim off like those early April games when frankly – I don't think guys want to be out there when it's 42 degrees and like sleeting. Yeah. So, like, I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking to someone. How did the twins not have a uh, roof on their stadium? What did they make the world series? It's cold. Probably, it's cold here. I can't I imagine you playing the there. Owners, I guarantee you the owner was just being cheap. Cheaped out. Even he though it was probably to. taxpayer dollars. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, and again, we don't have any real content to go off of right now. There's not even spring training games. So I want to get your take on this because it's been a polarizing topic, I think. And that's Aaron Judge with this injury. We fight against this, but a lot of people are starting to say Judge is injury prone. He's never going to stay healthy. 
what's your take on that? Because for us, it's like you take out the the season where he breaks his hand, you know, you were on the fence. Now with this other injury, you're starting to kind of think about it. But what's your take? Is, is Judge an injury-prone player? Have we not seen enough yet to really determine that? Well, I definitely believe guys can be injury-prone. Their bodies, for whatever reason, just cannot withstand the punishment that other guys can. Um, like Brett Gardner is a guy who he has broken down at the end of seasons, but he still get out, gets out there and plays. Judge, he's massive. Like in 2016, oblique injury. 2017, shoulder issue. 2018 is the most fluky. That was a hit by the pitch. Hand. Yeah. So if he doesn't get hit by pitch, maybe he doesn't get injured at all. And we feel differently. But 2019, oblique injury again. And now a rib. Yep. And it, like it was a rib from diving at a ball. Yep. It's it's not like he it's not like he went into a railing or anything. Like he just dove for a ball. Yeah. And and it wasn't like if you really look at it, it wasn't even that crazy where you would think, oh, Judge broke his rib on that on that dive. Right. So and like his injuries are different than Stanton, where Stanton, I just think like his muscles are broken. Yes. Like he's pulling calf muscles, shag and fly balls. Yes. Like Judge isn't doing that. But he clearly, his body cannot, like, the punishment he puts his body through causes injuries for one reason or another. So in that sense, I do think he's injury prone. But I don't think that's, like, I look at his injuries different than Stanton where where it's, like, Stanton, I'm just, like, I have no confidence in him ever being healthy. At least with Judge, like, I'm just, like, dude, stop running into the wall so much. Please. And maybe you won't get injured. Well, everyone says, you know, everyone says when you have a guy that big out there, it's you want to get him, make him a DH as soon as possible because they're just so big. They're so massive moving that way that many times you're, you're just more prone to injury at that point. But yeah, yeah I mean, he's a big dude. He's, a but big he's also like you lose part of judge if he's DH. Absolutely. Because he's one of the best right fielders in the, in the game, in my opinion, his, you know, he is, he, I mean, all the, all the defensive metrics point to him being yeah. an elite defensive right fielder. We say it all the time. And I don't blame people because of how good he is, can be offensively, but his defense is so underrated and so mm-hmm. undervalued by so many people who don't watch him every day. But you watch this guy every day, man. He's a phenomenal outfielder, for, especially for being as big as he is. He also, I think, had the third best base running metrics on the Yankees last year. Wow. Um, Gardner was one. I, I don't remember who was number two. But it's basically taking extra bases, not making outs that you should, shouldn't make outs on, etc. Which is why in the playoffs when he got doubled off of first base against the Astros, it was I was like, whoa, that like Judge never does that. Right. I don't know if you remember that yeah. play. He was like a, he misread a bloop and like he got doubled off. Like that's something we never see Judge. And I was do. pretty pissed it. when he did it too. And yeah. And you can't be. I mean the guy's normally perfect. if Glaber Torres does that, you're like, God damn it, Glaber, like yep. you do that, but stop. Whereas Judge, it's like at what's going on? There's a glitch in the matrix. Like yep. he never does that. It was kind of like so he's a complete player. And if you take him out of right field, he's still going to be a good player, but he's not going to be the all around valuable player true. that he is. It's true. It, it's funny you brought that up. I remember. I think it was the playoffs. DJ Lemayu messed up on the bases, and I was just. I think it was the night when they were just dropping fly balls to start the game. I think oh, it was, the it, twins. Was, it was the first game of the ALDS. I was and, at that game. I was pissed drunk, so I don't remember him 
making a mistake. Well, you guys had an event that night, right? Like, didn't you? We had an event the second night. Gotcha. We had an event game two. Um, game one, it was like me, Scott, and a few other guys. We had we just went to the game and we we just all got loaded. And uh, it was and then watching that, you must have been fucking losing it. Yeah, and I remember Lemayhu dropped a pop up. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay, but I don't remember him making a mistake on no, the bases. No, no, that's could've. what it was. No, that I remember he dropped it, and I was like flipping out. I'm like it's just going to be one of those years again, where nothing can go right. And then I stopped for a second. I'm like, how am I getting mad at DJ right now? This guy had a near perfect yeah. season for us. Well, the thing, the thing with DJ too. Like I had this argument with people when they were like, well, he should just play first base, and then you re-sign Didi and play him at short, Glaber at second, and Geo at third. I'm like. You waste LeMahieu's defense at first base. Yeah, you really do. You really he's, do. He's an above-average first baseman, but you don't need above-average defense at first no, base. No, you don't. nice, but it's not as important. No, because like, to, me, move- to me, Luke Voigt is maybe just above uh, average defensively at first where he can— He's not great, but you can live with— You can live with him. Okay at first base if, he, if the guy's producing offensively. You can live with Luke Voigt or Mike Ford being okay at first base defensively if they're hitting. But if you have like an elite defensive second baseman like LeMahieu is, that goes that goes such a long yeah. – Remember Robinson Cano? Oh, he saved Jeter's ass so many, so times, many times late in his career. Yep. He would basically play up the middle because Derek Jeter just couldn't get anything up the middle in like 2010 to 2013. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It, I was going to say – Christian is always fighting that people want Sanchez to be a DH. Well, he loses value there because the reason why you're so crazy over Sanchez putting up those numbers is because he's putting up those numbers as a, as a catcher. And, and you know what? I think his arm makes up for some of the mistakes he makes behind the plate. You're right with DJ at first, man. This is a multiple gold glove winner in the field. And now you're throwing him at a position that doesn't need to be a defensive position. Yeah, and it's also it, he even admitted like I don't feel 100% comfortable at first base. And you could tell I me mean, we could tell sometimes he would make weird plays. Yeah. He's his best at second base and he's really good at third base. And first base it's just like, you know, it's kind of a waste he's to DJ. play with. He's just a naturally good baseball player, so he makes yeah. it look good. But I think whenever we do see baseball again, watching LeMahieu at second base every day is going to be fun because you're going to get Really great defense yep. from him. He'll help out Glaber Torres, who's like learning shortstop. So Glaber's in a good spot because if you have Gio at third, good good third baseman, Lemayhu at second, like they can kind of protect Torres sure. at shortstop. Sure. Um, last thing I want to pick your brain about. I really appreciate you coming on with me because I don't know what the hell I was going to talk to myself about tonight. Um, last thing I really want to pick your brain about is Luis Severino because. We've been as fans as you know, just watching this guy, we've been so excited to see him finally put it together. Right? He's always starting the year so good, ending, you know, on the fence. It was time for him to come in here now and to put it all together and show us the kind of guy, the kind of pitcher he's gonna be. And now we're not seeing him for, for how long? We didn't see him most of the year last year. He's missing this entire year and probably half of next year. What does that do for his value to the Yankees at this point? I mean, well, can this guy still <clears throat> salvage himself? 
Well, yeah, he can. But I think Severino's biggest problem is he felt the exact same way that fans felt, where this is my year to prove who I am. So much so that he didn't follow doctor's orders and just go back and get MRIs in the offseason. So like, it's infuriating that that's the reason why we're in the position that we are. Maybe he could have got Tommy John surgery in November. And yeah, we still lose him for this year, but we don't lose him for half of next year too. Right. Um, He was a top 10 starting pitcher in baseball from 2017 to 2018. I don't think that's a fluke. So I think he can come back and be that again in 2022. <laughs> 2022 will also be the last year of his contract, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, they, I think they have a, a team option for 2023. 2023, but 2022 is the last year of his contract to to really hone it in. Yeah, I was really pissed about Severino and and the Paxton injuries too, because it was like stuff holdovers from last year. And it's like, all right, here we go again. We like go. doctors oh, yeah. didn't catch it on time, whatever. But like, we're, we're being robbed of the rotation in the playoffs that we thought was going to be Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Paxton Tanaka, which is a four headed beast. beast. And we're not going to have that. And who knows if we ever have that. Right. And that's the thing that like already before the season started, even without the work, without the the shutdown, like we like that was like the first gut punch. Like we're not gonna get the rotation we all thought we were gonna get in the offseason. Finally, 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 we got, we got this guy. We got the ace, and now we're not getting the whole package anymore. Like you were talking about, like you need Paxson for the playoffs, but we we thought we weren't gonna have to worry about who was starting Game Four of the right. ALCS, like. Chat, we're going to need, need an opener in the playoffs. Get the hell out of here. No, no we've got Masahiro Tanaka going. Yep. Like, Crazy. Yeah. So I, that sucks. And um, I think he, you know, he'll come back from Tommy John, and hopefully he's not. he wasn't a fluke. Like he was. You go look at all of his numbers from 2017 and 18. Top 10 pitcher in baseball. Yeah. And, and you know what? I feel the same way about Paxton. I was a little upset with his injury in the sense of when he told Aaron Boone – to, to get the hell away, he was finishing the inning, and he got out of it, and he pitched a hell of a game. I was like, maybe this guy can be an ace. I mean, maybe mm. this guy has what it takes, and I was excited to see him too. But when it comes to Seve, and you talk about Paxton, and you talk about now having Garrett Cole, we talked about it a few episodes ago. This is a guy who I think would have flourished with the spotlight on, on other guys in the rotation outside of himself. So this really could have been a huge year for Luis Severino in that sense as well. Yeah, do you do you are you one of the people that doesn't have confidence in him? No, in I, no, no, no. I love Severino. I think he's so talented and I think he has the potential to be one of the best pitchers in the game if he could stay healthy. I really do. Yeah, I mean, he certainly um has had bad playoff starts. Like I'm not denying <laughs> he's had bad playoff starts. Like so but I, I he's a good pitcher, so I still have confidence in him when he goes to the mound, when he takes the ball in the mat, like in the playoffs. And I I think you kind of have to throw out his starts this year because he wasn't healthy, right? He it, exactly. He and we didn't know it at the time, really. We didn't know it at the time, but he pitched. What did he pitch? Like two and a third innings against Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think he was terrible though. He, I mean, but they pulled him because he had thrown like ninety pitches. Yeah, he threw like, a lot of pitches. 
something crazy. Like it was like three innings or something. It was like it was like he was at fifty pitches through like an inning and a third. I remember watching it, and I was like, Jesus. Right. So that's not a good start. No. Um, and then, I, to be honest, I can't remember what he did against Houston, but I think he, he wasn't. I'm just gonna say he wasn't healthy. Yeah, he just so, wasn't Severino. Is really what it comes down to. He wasn't the guy that you expect to be out there when Luis Severino is on the card to be your starting pitcher. He just has never been that guy in the postseason. He hasn't, and it's not like he's had a ton of starts. But I still have confidence. He's a great pitcher when he's healthy, and you know. You can't even say end of next year because we know how guys come back from Tommy John right. surgery. They're not their, themselves. So the next time we're going to see him fully healthy is 2022. And saying the word, saying the number 2022 sounds Scary. so far from now. Yes. Yeah, it's true, man. But you know what? I think at the end of the day, you got to put all this crap behind us, put the delay of the season behind us. This team's a powerhouse still. And, and I've said it, it's a really watered down league right now, uh, the American League. I think this team... Still, even with Seve being out, is the best in the American League, and really no one should stop them. I mean, if anyone stops them, it's an upset for me at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, even after Severino went down, didn't Vegas have 102 and a yeah. half over under yep. or something like that? Yeah. And they were the only team in the American League um, over, over, over 100. 100. The Dodgers yeah. were the only team with a higher, and that makes sense, especially adding Mookie Betts Mookie and Betts, David yeah. Price, but... Um, yeah, I mean, worry about the World Series when you get there. You can't worry about beating the Dodgers no. already. Although, who knows what they do with the schedule? Maybe they just do like a free for all, and we don't even know. Everyone. Like, we don't even know what's happening. We were talking. We were talking the other day on Twitter. We have events lined up and stuff for our listeners and whatever. We don't even know what the hell's going on with any of that right now. I mean, it's just it's. I so think you up have to assume air. all of the games that were on the schedule are going to be thrown out, and they're going to have to come up with a, a different kind of schedule yeah. because it's. If you start, let's just use June 1st. You can't just pick up the games on June 1st. No. Because what happens to all the teams you were supposed to play before that? Sure. So you almost have to like reshuffle the schedule. In and some it's just way. everything will be different. Yeah, man. Well, listen, I hope we stay in touch. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on. Maybe we'll, we'll catch each other at a game this year if they ever friggin' play or let us in the stadium. But uh, thanks for coming on. Andrew Rotondi, follow him on Twitter at Andrew underscore Rotondi. Bronx Pinstripes, you all know the Bronx Pinstripes. You guys have been around. You do a great job. Uh, let's just keep it going, man. Let's let's get this season here. Yeah, thanks, Chris. This was fun. Yeah, you'll find stuff to talk about. Don't we'll, worry. We'll do it. We'll, we'll figure something out. Later, man.